Welcome to What's the Difference? Stories about lives changed because you made a difference. Brought to you by The Mount Church. Here's your host, Pastor Andrew Segree. Well, welcome to the 10th episode of What's the Difference? We create this series because we believe that Jesus is still making a difference today. So with each and every episode, we're going to sit down with everyday people just like you, just like me, and we're going to ask the question, what's the difference? What's the difference that Jesus is making in you and through you? So with each and every episode, make sure you hit that like or subscribe button. And even if you're watching on YouTube right now, we're even on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts as well, so you can listen to it in your car. So make sure you don't miss a single episode. And for this 10th episode, we are so excited and so honored and so humbled to have on the one and only Lisa Harris on this episode of oh, What's yeah. the Difference. Lisa, welcome to What's the Difference. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us um, or having me. Yeah. I'm really excited. But of course, you have when you get me, you get the organ. Organization of yeah. Transitions for You. So I am really excited to be here uh, with you all. It's an honor um, to be here and to be able to share. Absolutely. And we're, we're so glad to have you. And I, I love what God's been doing in your ministry, Transitions <laughs> for You. And we're going to get into that in just a little bit because yes. uh, we want to hear some more about what God has been doing and what you see Him doing in the future exactly. in this incredible ministry. But first of all, as we often like to do, we would love to just know a little bit more about you. I think your story is powerful with what Jesus has done in your life. Right. So why don't you maybe just give us a little bit about, hey, where you're from, um, what was it like growing up, and then how did you know that Jesus was first after your heart? Mm, that's, that's pretty, um, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, I'm originally from <clears throat> Appomattox County, mm-hmm. which is um, down towards Lynchburg, Farmville yeah. area. Yeah. So that's where I am. I'm from, that little Appomattox County um, area. Went to high school there, born and raised there. And, um, you know, I my story is not a story of um, all this pretty painted mm-hmm. Christianity um, growing up, even though my grandfather was a pastor. Yeah. And so one of, the question, one of the things you just said is, when did I know that Jesus was after my heart? Well, um, growing up in a home, um, part-time um, in the home with my grandfather and grandmother, I knew all the time that Jesus always wanted our hearts because go. that yeah. was it. You know, you're you're living with the pastor and not only living with the pastor, but our whole family was, you know, my, my grandfather, my uncles. So the whole family, I come from a family, a line of um, pastors and and servants um, mm-hmm. of the Lord. So um, our our um Names, our name is Christian. That's mm-hmm. our last name, wow. Christian. So, um, so I came from that background, uh-huh. you know, pastors and our last name being Christian. Your grandfather, um, pastor, Jesus is after you. Last name. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's it, right? Yeah. So, so I had no, I had no choice. That's right. Um, but I did, you know, for a long time, I did fight that, and I think when I really realized that um, Jesus was after my heart was about probably about twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, uh, we were. Um, attending church and um, we, I was youth pastor, co-leading youth pastor, mm-hmm. and, and it was always outreach kids from the community, yeah. right, and um, unchurched kids. And there was a time that um, our oldest daughter, uh, she was in the youth group, and I was youth pastor, mm-hmm. and um, I, I was just dipping and dabbing there a little bit then. Mm-hmm. But um, she became a teen mom during that time. Yeah. And the Lord started speaking to me and um, started showing me that 
um, there was more than what I was doing at that point. Because at that point, you know, I was co-leading, um, but I wasn't doing a lot. And then God just really kept um, kept tugging after me and tugging after me. And mm-hmm. it was really 19 years ago um, when I was um, ordained and licensed into mm-hmm. the um, ministry to um, serve as, at that time, youth pastor. Yeah. And I loved it yeah. for those years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, but, you know, and um, I love doing that mm-hmm. and things just progressed. And, you you know, as you we go along, you hear that things just progressed and God just um, really graced me in so many different areas. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my life was not pretty growing up. Um, I came from a broken family. Mm-hmm. Um, I say dysfunctional, you know. Um, my mom and dad were divorced. I was a daddy's girl. Yeah. Um, I became a teen mom um, at 17, and um, God took that brokenness, and he started using it 19 years ago mm-hmm. um, when my when our daughter became a teen mom, and um, that's when he really started showing me so much that he had um, prepared me for from the time that I came through the broken family mm-hmm. of divorce with parents and becoming a teen mom, and then getting married, and um, going through a divorce, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> yeah, and then going through a second divorce, yeah. and going through domestic violence, and um, ultimately ended up homeless mm-hmm. with three kids, mm-hmm. um, is where where I ended up before the Lord really transformed my life. Yeah, yeah. So. It seems like you went you went through a lot of brokenness, um, yes. and maybe even kind of almost came to a head at one season. Like how how did you overcome that? How did you step out of that season? Even being homeless for a season, how did you, how were you able to get out of that? Well, you know, um, I in all of that brokenness and all of the time that I was going through that, even as a starting as a teen parent, um, through all of that, I always had. Um, what I called my rock, mm-hmm. my grandfather, my grandmother. We, mm-hmm. I always had them. And um, when I became homeless, I mean, I got married when I was 18 years old the mm-hmm. first time. And that's because I was a teen mom and I thought this was Mr. Right. Yeah. And man, I, I mean, I, I lived domestic violence before mm-hmm. the marriage mm-hmm. and on the night of my um, wedding, mm-hmm. um, I was in domestic violence. So, but um, at that time, I thought that it was the perfect thing. I had seen it. It was it was like a um, generational thing that I had seen and thought it was okay, and this is the way it's supposed to be. Um, but my grandmother and grandfather was always there for me. And, I mean, it was a long um, span of time that I went through that, even with my three kids. And the way I overcame that was um, through my grandmother and grandfather yeah. because, um, you know, I was, I was in this marriage that was um, totally destroying me and destroying my kids. And um, my son got invited to a church, uh, mm-hmm. and he was about he was about fourteen at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, he got invited to a church with one of our friends, and he went to that church, and it was the same church that I had um, been going to. Um, you know, the bus come around and pick you up for yep. for church. Well, um, it was the cha- same church that I had been going to when I became a teen mom. Mm-hmm. And he went to that church, and he got really excited. And um, he lost his dad um, when he was 15. But in going to that church, it made me want to, he, he was coming home excited. It made me want to know more. So 
I went back to church and rededicated my life to the Lord. And um, I started growing in the Lord. And my grandfather, which was my close, 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 he was, he was like my dad. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember my grandfather said to me one time, and this is where my growth, this is when growth started with me. He said to me, he, um, he had been diagnosed with cancer and Mm -hmm. I didn't know it. And he said to me, um, Lisa, you can't always come to me mm-hmm. to get your questions answered. You've got to go to the Lord. And mm-hmm. at this time, I was in a domestic violence marriage. Yeah. And um, and I remember when he said that to me, I had no thought about him not, you know, something happening or whatever. And um, it was about six weeks yeah. that he passed. Wow. And then I knew yeah, he meant business, mm-hmm. and and I started crying out to the Lord, and it was the Lord that got me out of that um, relationship that I was in, and finding a place to stay, sleeping on my grandparents' um, back porch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I call it a back porch because it was a, it was a, it may not be a back porch to many, but it was a little room off the house mm-hmm. that had been converted into a room, and I mean it was just like. A tiny little room. You could get a bed in there, and it was me and my three kids yeah. in that room. Yeah, and they nurtured me, and they loved me, mm-hmm. and um, but when I was called to the homeless ministry mm-hmm. that we're serving in now, I didn't know at the time. Yeah, but God had been preparing me. There you go. Yeah, when I look at where we are now, every part of my life, God prepared me, and mm-hmm. I, and He's using me with those. Different moments, he's gracing me for every moment yeah. that we face now. Yeah, that's good. You know, uh, sometimes we don't realize that life is almost lived in moments, and it's so it's so powerful to hear how uh, his grandfather with the last name Christian yes. <laughs> that God brought into your life, um, yes. and that you know was this patriarch of your family mm-hmm. who helped. Uh, plant some of those seeds and maybe even when you weren't ready to receive them, Mm -hmm. but how God grew them. And even in those moments, how um, he used those, those things to help shape you. Um, And I love how that's even a segue into what he's leading you and what it has been, he's been leading you to do right now. And, and um, with your ministry, uh, actually, this is a quote directly from your ministry website, Transitions for You. And this is what it says about the ministry. It says, Transitions for You is a ministry where we share the love of Jesus Christ to families living in motel communities with the long-term goal of providing a safe living facility while empowering them with the necessary tools to live a life full of expectancy through a nurturing, loving relationship with Jesus Christ and Christ-centered life skills workshops. So when did you first realize, first of all, this was a need in our area, in, in Spotsylvania County, Stafford County, I know you're even thinking beyond that. When did you first realize this was a need in our area to start a ministry like this, to have a ministry like this, and how did you know that you were going to be the one to start that ministry? Well, I knew on September 20th mm-hmm. of 2014 mm-hmm. that there was a huge need. Yeah. I did not know how big of a need, and I did not know that I was called to do this because Neil has always, Neil and I have been married for 21 years this mm-hmm. year. He has always had a love for homeless. Yeah. And um, and I love, I love people, so I love people 
that's homeless. And um, I love all people. Neil had always had a heart for that, but I was a youth pastor, yeah. and that's what I wanted to do, and that's what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, on September 20th of 2014, um, our home church, River of Life, mm-hmm. Um, did what they call Believe Night. And that was going to a motel there in Spotsylvania County. Um, And we were just taking food. We were going to barbecue for people that live there. And I had no idea how many people live there. None of us did. But um, we did an outreach. We were just going to go. We put a big screen up and showed the movie Frozen, and we called it Believe Night. Did you sing well, the songs too, or you did you get a microphone? Oh no 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 no! Now I do that now. Okay. I do that with the kids now. Uh-huh. Just joke. I mean, come on! I can't. <laughs> In the name of Jesus, you know, you I go. can't sing. But anyway, <laughs> you don't want me to do that. Uh-huh. But anyway, so um, so we had that night, and leading up to that night, you know, the church was planning it, and we were kind of new to River of Life, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of new. And we hadn't started serving yet because I wanted to serve, and I wanted to serve in youth ministry, and Neil wanted to serve in outreach. Um, so when they announced that we were going to do this, mm-hmm. Neil went to sign up for this outreach, but I wasn't going to serve. I wasn't going to lead anything, and he knew that. Um, and I told him, I said, "You go, and I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to sign up for greeters. I'm going to this meeting. You go to this one." Well, he went and he signed us up to lead. There you go. And uh-huh. I was pretty frustrated with that. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I was really upset with that. Seriously, I was mm-hmm. upset because I, I was very clear. I do not want to leave because God has called me into youth ministry. Mm-hmm. And I do not want to leave this project. It's yeah. it's at the motel. It's grown-ups. It's people. And I won't, I'm with the youth, mm-hmm. right? Well, we get there to the motel on that particular night. The trucks start backing up with all these boxes and everything to unload, to set up. And Pastor Tracy, that, that's organizing this, mm-hmm was not there. Mm-hmm. Neil and I were there. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm just watching these people and these these trucks loading up and people are like, they got papers in their hands like, what do we do? Where did this go? Where did I was like, just give me the paper. Because mm-hmm. at this time, I know somebody's got to set it up right. So um, I didn't know that I was taking the lead. So I just took it and, and Neil and I, and I was like, Neil, we just need to help them do this and do this. And we did set it up. But what happened that night when I knew that God was calling us to be a part of that ministry, and it was a transitional time for me, Mm -hmm. um, a year prior, I had a business, and I had met this young lady. She was at Wawa, and I had given her my business card. And that night, when things got going that night, I had a tap on my shoulder. Mm -hmm. And when I turned around and looked, At that moment, it was like Jesus touched me on my shoulder mm-hmm. because I turned around and I saw this young lady and behind her, I saw three kids. Mm-hmm. And I know she read my face because I don't hide it very well. Uh-huh. And I was like, what are you doing here? And she looked at me and she said, she remembered my name. Mm-hmm. She said, Miss Lisa, I have your business. I still have your business card in my storage. Mm-hmm. I'm like, couldn't even remember her name. Yeah. You know, I met her out in public and I couldn't remember her name. And she remembered mine. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at this mother and these three kids. And the next Sunday, her and her three kids in church with mm-hmm. Neil and I. Mm-hmm. And she had my business card. 
And it was like Jesus himself said, this is where you're called. Yeah, that's who you're going to minister to. And I had, I was fighting that. I did not want to do that. Mm-hmm. Neil was all giddy and excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is his thing. And we did that for about, we, we served for about six months with the church. And the Lord, one particular night, the same night, mm-hmm. the Lord spoke to Neil and I. On different occasions, we both prayed. And the Lord spoke to both of us and let us know that we were doing nothing more as a church mm-hmm. but enabling the people to live there in that motel. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you want us to do, God? Yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> and Yeah, what do you want us to do? Mm-hmm. What tools do we have? What do you want us to do? And um, he, God specifically, he showed me the motel, mm-hmm. and he spoke to us and told us, gave us a plan. And as you read, to empower the people, mm-hmm. to give them a hope for a future, to go to them and share the love of Christ, but do it in a way that we were not going to enable them, yeah. but we were going to empower them mm-hmm. to get out of the situation they were in. And we did that for about six months. And then we went to pastor and just shared our heart with our pastor. And pastor said to us, I know that this is what God has called you to do. Mm-hmm. And I am a missionary kid, and we are going to back you. But God didn't only call River of Life. He called you and Neil to do this, and he called other churches Mm -hmm. to come alongside you and do this. And I love that about pastor because a lot of churches doesn't want to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. Pastor said no. God has called you, and we're going to send you out, and we're going to bless you. And all of these other churches are going to be able to bless the people in the community, and we're going to do it mm-hmm. as a group of churches Yeah, through you and Neil and what God has called you all to do. Yeah. Hallelujah. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, that's so good. Thank you, Jesus. Because so many times, like, it's, you know, we when we think about missions, right, we think yeah. overseas, we think, you know, Thailand, um, you know, South America, something like that. Right. That's what we're thinking. But sometimes we forget that we are called to be missionaries, even right here in our own local community. In your backyard. So, abs- and it's so powerful, like, to see them commission you, um, you know, to, to this local need, people who need the gospel, people who maybe have even felt displaced, ignored um, by society right. who just feel abandoned. That's but to right. know, look, God's going to send some people and then have a bunch of churches come alongside right. these people right. to help them know, look, I care about you. I see you. And there's something better I have for That's you right. as well. So it's mm. so powerful yes, to see what, what God has done in your ministry. Yes. And, um, you know, even in just thinking about that, um, I, I know like there's uh, it, it, it has been such an incredible season since starting probably from 2014, what God has done. Uh, but thinking about last year, 2020, to, to say it was a challenging year is probably an understatement in so many different ways. In fact, Susan Wander, who was on a previous episode of his podcast, even said uh, that, you know, we went, we all went through 2020, even 2021 showed up like it's bratty sister. We still, <laughs> we right. still got some remnants of that. Thinking about last year and even though what you do as a ministry, what, what were maybe some of the biggest challenges that you faced coming through a year like 2020 in, in transitions for you? Um, and then do you think a year like last year has changed your ministry at all? Or is, is the vision and the mission still the same? Like how did last year affect the ministry? Well, you know, uh, 2020, <laughs> yes, it was a challenging year in so many different ways. 
And, um, you know, our biggest challenge was um, funding um, because we had so many people coming to us. And um, it was people that, so many, so many more people became homeless, and yeah. um, well, we call them displaced because they live in the motels. Yeah. Um, so they are not in tents and and living on the streets. They live in the motels, and so um, the biggest challenge was to make sure that we were staying on the funding side of it. And then you had the challenge of how do you um, get classes, get these people empowered at the same time while you're trying to put them in the motel. And so we had to come up with creative ways. Sure. And um, thank God um, that we had to come up with using Zoom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because using Zoom means that I no longer have to transport a family from Stafford to Spotsylvania to come to a workshop yeah. because they can get on Zoom mm -hmm. and making sure that um, making sure that they have the internet that they need in the motels to be able to to do that and so that was that was a great challenge and and we overcame that but you know it was always you're always out there trying to um, trying to do fundraising because. Um, Anytime that I can share the love of Christ with a person, yeah. we did this one project during COVID um, to raise funds, and it was great. It was um, it was to raise. We had to raise. We wanted to raise enough money to keep a person for three days, mm -hmm. because I believe that if I could get them for three days, three days, the first day we get them in the room, the second day um, we were going to take them some food, make sure they were prepared, mm -hmm. and the third day we were going to sit down with them, we were going to share Jesus with them, and we were going to see um, if they were um, you know, ready and yeah. wanted to go through our program. And that was that was so impactful because we got to meet so many new people. And that act, um, that season actually opened us up and expanded us to Culpepper mm -hmm. um, because we had a lot of people from Culpepper calling this way to try to find assistance. Yeah. So that was, you know, it was a challenging year, and um, but we loved it. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we ended up um, finding that, People were needing more counseling, mm -hmm. just different things for sure. for um, mental aspect of it. Um, a lot of things were breaking our hearts as well, but we stayed focused mm -hmm. and we tr we tried to stay focused as much as we could, and um, just stay on point. Not being able to be with the kids was was um, probably the hugest challenge, yeah. because kids forget right, and kids are stuck in one room. Right. Mm -hmm. Some parents go to work, but the yeah. kids are still stuck in the room. And here we couldn't come on the property to do anything. So we had to drop off food, drop off bags and all of that. And we stayed in contact through um, through FaceTime and different things mm -hmm. like that. And um, it's been good. You know, going into 2021 still wasn't easy. Um, you know, I had COVID mm -hmm. in 2020 mm -hmm. and probably from the time I had COVID, um, from, yeah, I remember you, know, you said that, it, it knocked you on your, I don't, I don't know if you said your back or your butt, but you, you it, said it knocked you down, nevertheless. It knocked me out. Uh -huh. You know, and um, 12 days in the bed. Yeah. And I mean, literally, those 12 days were sick days. Yeah. Um, and, um, and and there's still things that, that you still, um, that's still lingering mm -hmm. from that. But, you know, I, we get through, I get through COVID um, of, you know, it was the, it was actually the grand opening of a home. Mm -hmm. It, it was a home reveal mm -hmm. um, for a single dad that we did, um, and I got COVID, 
And then you go from August and, you know, go through there. And then right at Christmas, my mom got COVID. Mm. And my mom has COPD. Mm -hmm. Her and my aunt live in the same house. My mm -hmm. aunt has health issues. They get COVID. Mm -hmm. I'm the only one in the family that's had COVID. Yeah. So right after Christmas, um, you know, when they come home from after 10 days in mm -hmm. the hospital, um, they're taking care of them. Mm -hmm. And I come home, and I'm home for, for a little bit. Yeah. And... Um, I'm home for a little bit, and then mm -hmm. tragedy strikes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, even in that, God said, this is where all of those things that you went through come in. Mm -hmm. This is where it comes, in, comes into play. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's where we are. Yeah. Um, we still have focus mm -hmm. for transitions. It has shifted a little bit. Yeah. But we still have the vision. Mm -hmm. um, but it is so important that um, we take care of those kids. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, parents do things. Um, they make choices and decisions that kids have to mm -hmm. follow, right? So we are still working with families, and we work with adults and families that want to work with us and want to transition and get out of the motel because that's mm -hmm. what we are called to do and mm -hmm. that's what our, our heart and passion is. But um, we are called to, um, or we're refocusing on our children's ministry mm -hmm. and the youth. We have gone back into in person and mm -hmm. um, many, of, many of the people um, probably know um, that we... Um, our grandson transitioned mm -hmm. um, in March, on March 18th. Um, our grandson transitioned to be with Jesus. Yeah. Um, I know wholeheartedly. I know that there's a lot of you know beliefs and things mm -hmm. about that, but I know wholeheartedly what the Lord has shared with me. And I know that our grandson transitioned with Jesus. I know that Jesus was with him every step of the day, every Absolutely. step of the way, because I asked God, and I know this is for another time, mm -hmm. but I asked God, where were you? Mm -hmm. And he gave me comfort with saying, mm -hmm. I was with him. I was right there. Yeah. And so um, the, the vision hasn't changed for transitions. Mm -hmm. But the mission right now is to make sure that anyone at that motel is taken care of yeah. mentally, spiritually. Because mm -hmm. um, I don't want any other parent to face what we're facing yeah. and to walk through what we're walking through. Mm -hmm. Even though God is with us mm -hmm. and he's carrying us along the way. And I'm so proud to say that you got to take Xavier. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you got to take Xavier mm -hmm. to camp. And as I just shared with you, I found a picture and didn't even know where he took that picture. Mm -hmm. um, this was God ordained for me to come in where I did because everything that we that reminds me of him brings healing. Yeah, that's and good. when I got down there to the children's department and I looked up, and that picture I saw yesterday, it was yesterday that I saw that picture, and I'm going to send it to you. Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't figure out where he took that picture at, and he was up on the top right of those here. stairs, yeah. and it was right up there, and... As I'm looking up there, I'm thinking, the mount, mm -hmm. 
made a difference in his life. Mm-hmm. He came back. It's not about him, but he came back from camp. And it is about him because he was a part of that youth group at the motel. Mm-hmm. Those kids knew him. And so my goal is to make sure that those kids understand that Jesus loves them and we love them and there's a different way. Yeah. There's hope. Yeah. You know, that's really powerful, Lisa. You know, as you've been talking, I keep thinking about Romans 8, 28, (laughs) where it says, you know, God works out all things for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Like he works out all things for our good and for his glory. And sometimes we don't understand how all those things work together, especially when we go through loss of people that we love and that we care about, especially when we personally have gone through some things. Um, and then la- sometimes later on, we see how it does all work together. But I think your story has been such a great, powerful reminder of that. Even though all those things, you don't see how it's going to work out yet, yes. but it's good to see how God's already been using so many different ways and what you've been brought through and what he's led you through. I wanted to ask you just one more question um, before we wrap up this episode. Uh, um, I know that your days at Transitions um, for you is not over. I know that God um, is going to be doing some great things in the future. Um, again, loving some of the people who, um, who, are, who are in this transition phase where they've been displaced from their home for whatever reason and maybe feel like the rest of culture has forgotten about them, but to have a ministry come along to remind that Jesus has not forgotten about them is so powerful. In all, all the years that you've been doing this ministry now, what's maybe one story that you point to and you say, you know what, that story is a picture of what this ministry is all about, helping people move beyond this being displaced, wrapping it all up in the gospel and helping them step into their next season of life. What's maybe one story you can point to to say, this, this is a picture of what the vision for Transitions for You is? What? Just one, just one today. <laughs> okay, just one today. Okay, let me see. Um, I, um, a great story. Um, so um, from the start of Transitions, mm-hmm. there was this lady named Kelly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Kelly Goen. And um, we, she was the first one to, to fill out an application for Transitions for You, mm-hmm. um, her and her husband. She was the first one to come to my women's Bible study at the motel. Okay. Um, she was the first one that I baptized. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I, Kelly um, was the first of a lot of things. And um, for uh, the first four years, um, all Kelly. She filled out the application, but she never moved forward, her and her mm-hmm. family. Um, they never moved forward. And um, finally one day, um, Kelly and Rick hit a hard place. Mm-hmm. With, and Kelly, Rick, and the kids, they hit a hard place. And um, they came to us. And they were ready. Mm-hmm. And we knew they were ready. And so we were able to um, help them to transition from the motel. In one day, yeah. literally in one day, um, th- he got a corporate a job with a corporation, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, signed a lease. We signed a lease on a townhouse for them. Mm-hmm. And um, they needed an, att- needed an attorney for a case, something they were going through, and got them an attorney. And all of this happened in one day. Yeah. And, um, you know, people look at that and they think, oh, they, w- they probably, you would think that they just doing it because they need the help. You know, they need this right now, right? Well, God has shown me that when the per- person gets to their darkest moments, mm-hmm. 
-hmm. That's when they're open and they're ready to receive sure. the love that he has for Absolutely. them. And so we went, um, they came into our program and God did so many miraculous things in their life. And um, she rededicated her life to the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, and um, they got their kids back. They don't mind the story we're being told. They, their story's on our website. Yeah. They got their kids back mm -hmm. um, out of foster care. They got a home. They got Everything was looking good. That's good. And um, Kelly, was she got saved or rededicated her life. She was going on the women retreats, to the prayer retreats. The woman grew tremendously. That's good. And she was impacting her family. And um, she had a she had a disease called um, called um, Rainer's disease I think it is mm -hmm. a factor five, and it's a blood clotting disease, and we lost Kelly. Mm -hmm. um, and at the time, Rick had not come along, yeah. and he shared this story too. Mm -hmm. He had not come along um, um, to um, go with her to church mm -hmm. and and on the spiritual journey with her because he was so busy taking care of the family. Yeah. Well, their town, home, their town home, before she passed, their town home was being sold, and they had found an apartment. So they were being transitioned. Mm -hmm. um, so they had to leave the townhouse, go back into the motel. And people thought it was going backwards, but it really wasn't going backwards. It was a holding space for them yeah. until the apartment got ready, right? Well, in that transition, Kelly, during, and it's during COVID, mm -hmm. Kelly got sick, and she passed. Mm -hmm. And... That was hard, and it was it was devastating for our organization because she was the first of so many, and we're wondering, is Rick going to stay? Is he going to keep it together? Is he going to stay with us? Yeah. It drew the love of Christ, the, the love that was on Kelly's life that she had been showing, mm -hmm. that she didn't think that Rick was seeing, that's, that love through her death drew him so much closer to Christ. That's good. And he came, I'll never forget when he came to Neil and he joined Neil's um, Bible study. Mm -hmm. And he had never been one to be a part of Bible study. Yeah. He joined Neil's Bible study and he said, I remember Neil saying, telling me that he said, he, well, no, he t I was there that night because it was in our home and it was the first one. And after Bible study, he came and talked to me and he said, I want what Kelly had. Mm -hmm. That's good. And now Rick and those kids, they were just with us on Friday. I think on Friday they were with us. Mm -hmm. And Rick and those kids are now living in their own home. Mm -hmm. um, are they still going through um, difficult times? Sure. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, they're still grieving. Mm -hmm. But there's, that's the biggest success for me because... Through COVID, through the tragedy of losing his wife mm -hmm. and becoming a widowed dad, through all of that, he's still working and he's been able to keep it together. Yeah. And he's growing in his relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to have what his wife had, yeah. what she didn't even think that he saw. Yeah. And he saw it all the time. He saw it through her. Yeah. That's the most successful story. We have many because mm -hmm. we've transitioned many families. And we are 100%. Um, every family that we've transitioned out, mm -hmm. they remained out. That's good. And that's because of um, the, the strategy that God has given us mm -hmm. to meet them where they are yeah. and empower them where they are yeah. and when they're ready mm -hmm. to move them out. Yeah, that's so good. That's it. 
That's so good, Lisa. I, I love, again, what God's been doing in this ministry, um, to think that you come alongside people and help them in this, in this season of displacement, and you come and you give them the skills and tools, what they need, all wrapped up in the gospel, the good news of who Jesus is, so that they can feel like, look, we, just because we're here, we don't have to stay here forever. That's it's right. so powerful. Right. And I just wanted to thank you and remind you, look, the mount is behind you. Thank I know you. lots of churches in the community are behind you, but we are, we are for what God wants to do in this ministry. And I keep thinking about also the Psalm 16, verse 8. It's when I'm praying for you in the season where it says, uh, Psalm 16, verse 8 says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my soul will find rest because you, God, will not abandon me. And so I pray that for you. I pray that for your ministry. And thank you so much for joining us thank on this you. episode of What's the Difference? Thank but, you for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, and thank you guys for joining us for this 10th episode of What's the Difference? Don't forget to hit that like or subscribe button so you don't miss any episode of What's the Difference? Thank you for tuning in to What's the Difference? Click on subscribe to make sure you get the next episode with Pastor Andrew. Connect with us for more resources and information on how you can make a difference at mtarrat.org. See you at the mound.